0: Blog Talk Radio. The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show with Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies Online Marketing Strategies, Web, Search, Social, Email, Mobile News, Tips, Tricks, and Best Practices from Actual Marketers search professionals, and social media experts.
1: Well, welcome everybody. It is Friday, and welcome to March after our leap year. That's pretty exciting, huh? My, my yeah, grand. an extra day's worth of work in a year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is that what you wanted? <laughs> a free day for our clients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't make enough as it is to be giving them free days. And I, can I write that off as a business expense? We should, we should be able to. So, And then uh, we're in beautiful downtown Indianapolis, which is under a tornado warning right now. So we literally had a little bit of a flaky kind of brownout uh, right before the show. It seems to be that everything happens on our show days. On the line today, we have Yasha Kakis-Wolf. Yasha, Welcome.
2: Thanks very much Doug. I appreciate it. And while we're not having brown apps, we are having sixty five degrees beautiful weather here in San Francisco. Yeah, thank
1: that, that wasn't nice. <laughs> yeah. That was just uncalled for <laughs> is all I have to say about that. He did it on purpose. I know. <laughs> Still uncalled for. <laughs> so um Yasha is with Mindjet and Yasha and I actually have um a little bit of history together. Uh Yasha was previously with uh with Webtrends and Involver and, and um and we worked with them. Um, Um, for probably a a good year at at Webtrends, wasn't it, Yasha?
2: It was at least a year. Yeah. But but clearly one of my favorite relationships that I've been able to establish professionally and bring into the personal space, so I appreciate having time with you here on your show. Oh, and and the
1: same here. You know, the the great combination is um, I'm down in the weeds and I love the technology and I love tinkering and the bits and bytes and everything else, and uh, partnered with a strategy person like yourself is is where I always need to be in, in a business relationship. Um because you're thinking many miles out while I'm thinking, you know, inches ahead. Um so it's 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 been a it's been a great combination all these
2: years. It's it's nice of you to say and and you're definitely thinking farther than inches, Doug. That's kind of silly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll 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 admit maybe a little bit more. So y Yasha, tell us a little bit about um uh, first about mindjet uh, it's exciting. I was, I was. We were talking before the call that, you know, it's not a brand that's on every marketer's, uh, you know, short uh, horizon, but it's definitely one that's speeding up uh, quickly, and they should be paying attention to uh, a lot more in the near future. So maybe you can give some background to Mindjet, how it started, and then uh, where they've really kind of uh, just turned the industry on its ear, uh, and are making great strides nowadays.
2: Absolutely. Well, let me let me tell you uh, kind of about this. I think it's a situation that you're going to appreciate and, and understand pretty well. Um, we deal with a lot of information today, um, a kind of deluge of information, so to speak. It comes in every form and every fashion. And, and the reality is that the amount of information that we're dealing with in our capacity, especially as marketers, isn't decreasing. And, and in fact, I don't think that it will. So we're kind of being increasingly forced to find different ways to organize that information. And we've got you know, tools that we've used historically, whether it be email or whiteboards or sticky notes, et cetera, the challenge is for us that a lot of that stuff just goes away once we use them. And it's hard to actually have a relationship to the work that you're doing. So where mine, it kind of comes into the picture for marketers is that we've had a, a really amazing history as a company you kind know, of founding the concept of mind mapping and bringing that into the software space, not founding mind mapping, but bringing mind mapping into the software space in particular, ideation and brainstorming. And in the past year, we've really... Taken that planning aspect that we've been so strong with, and brought it into the world of execution of social task management. So that information that we're dealing with, whether it come from the form of documents or Excel spreadsheets or emails, uh, we have a place to organize it, create plans, and then take all that information and bring it directly into to action. So as we think about the world of marketing moving forward, Mindjet's is really one of the best platforms for marketers to use uh, to be able to organize all that they're, all that they're planning into all of that they're executing and to do that in a way that I think is particularly relevant in today's world, which is a, in a very agile way.
1: And that's and that's the key is, um, you know, in the old days you used to use a, you know, mind mapping tool or a brainstorming tool. You used to make your charts, distribute your charts at the meetings. You know write some notes down and everybody did their work but where you guys are bridging that gap is actually on execution and project management milestone measurement all of those things where now you can take in and, and literally build a live you know map um and and update it real time and and assign tasks uh you guys you guys purchased a company Cohuman, um and are integrating that heavily with mindjet and so now it's it's not just utilizing a tool to visualize, you know, what you want to do. It's actually visualizing what you are doing. Right. That's absolutely
2: right. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to happen in that capacity. It can really first start with the things that you're doing, an organization, the tasks, the people, and the projects on your team. And then you can bring it back up into the mapping concepts and show kind of in its progression what the projects and the relationship to other projects are. So it's, it's a really an exciting platform to be able to use both from a planning perspective and an execution perspective. And to be honest, depending upon your organization, you can start in either side. And the planning part or uh, or the execution part. So it's a, a very easy product to start to use.
1: And any history behind the founding of Mindjet and and where those founders came from?
2: Uh, it, an absolutely amazing story. The the two co-founders uh, are still in San Francisco, although originally from Germany. Um, they, the the kind of co-founders Mike and Bettina Jeter uh, started the company basically on on Mike's deathbed, for for lack of a better term, uh, kind of creating his software. Um, as a legacy for for himself as he was going through uh, therapy for cancer, ended up beating cancer, and the product that he built, which ultimately became became the first version of mind manager, um, started to find kind of interest and in adoption in businesses with individuals and businesses. And so they actually took this idea that came from him and his sickness and turned it into a, a very strong business that grew quite successfully for quite a few years, uh, about five years ago. Scott Raskin came in as our CEO and really has been focusing on growing the business in a very significant way um, and taking it from where it was to where we are today, which is, uh, you know, greater than two million paid customers. 85% of the Fortune 100 use us, um, and, and over a million. Applications in the mobile world uh, using our platform, kind of out in the wild. So, uh, a really interesting and exciting story from its origin through to where it is today, and really the pervasiveness of, of our platform being used in the enterprise.
1: And, and it's, I think, you know, quite honestly, what's what's amazing to me is that you guys, um, even though you guys are five years old, it's 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 run like a startup. You guys are generating new business ideas and new features within the application. Um, that are really new
2: within the industry. Well, I think it's a, it's an exciting place to be, right? As a as a software company, you have an option to do or to run your business in a lot of different ways, and and the path that this company has taken, and one of the reasons that I'm so excited to be here is that. We have some scale, right? We've got 2 million-plus paid customers that use our platform right now, um, yet we don't sit on our laurels. There's a lot of innovation that's happening, a lot of push that's happening, and part of that's because we want it to happen here internally and, and we're making it happen internally, but the other is that there's a lot of cultural change that's happening. You know, When you look out into the world today, a lot of the influence of... Social networks in particular have changed the way operationally teams have to function. And, and products like ours are finding an incredibly relevant space in today's world uh, because of that. So it's it's both us, what we're trying to do very specifically, but also being very transparent. There's a lot of excitement in our space because uh, I think culturally companies and individuals are ready to adopt products like ours.
1: Well, and, and the other side of it is, and it's funny because a little bit of irony and it truly is irony i wrote a blog post on it today about marketing projects versus processes and and i really think that the entire world is getting away from projects um that that nothing is static nothing ends nothing um is complete you know there's tasks that are completed um uh, but the project and the movement are constantly changing and in marketing i think we're seeing that just an incredible amount that we have to we actually have to re-educate our clients when we bring them on board that this isn't a uh, this isn't a shopping list. You know, you're not buying A, B, and C and then checking out and you've got A, B, and C when you walk out the door. It's that what you're buying us for is to be your consultant, to keep you agile, to keep you constantly moving, to try to change in the direction, you know, with the wind, so that you have it behind you. Um, and take advantage of all of the new technologies that are coming on board, and in order to do that, you can 't just have a you know an old project management system you 've got to have something that actually enables you to plan you know uh and, and for the for the unlimited future.
2: Well, I I think you're hitting on a couple of really important topics, and I I didn't really introduce kind of where I've been um, historically throughout my professional career, but just really quickly because it it relates to this discussion. I spent kind of my early career in the full digital space um, at Yahoo, and prior to that, MTV, and went from Yahoo to Microsoft, and quite a few years at Microsoft. And and my time at Microsoft was exciting for me for a handful of different reasons, not just the things that that myself and my teams were working on, but some of the cultural changes that were underfoot in the early aughts, right? We saw a really significant shift in the way that developers had to work because the availability of what wasn't called the cloud at the time, but the cloud uh, changed the way that software developers could give their software to their customers and ultimately see the way that their customers were using it. And, and the business processes that they had built up over the past few decades, really the, the waterfall process, stopped working in a really meaningful way. So we saw kind of the evolution of those teams and that profession as the developer find uh, its way into the world of Agile. Development processes, and that really came into its own, and and is really one of the prevalent or the most predominant ways that developers um, work today. I think it's the recent statistics are like 80% of companies that create software run in an agile model. The challenge is that nobody else in the rest of the business ever moved that way. Um, When you know the, the marketers, the finance team, nobody thought about being agile, even though the product team and the development team was agile. Um, I left Microsoft, kind of uh, went into the consulting world, and then ultimately uh, to Webtrends, which is where you and I met. At Webtrends, I first started trying to use some of the agile principles that I'd learned at Microsoft to try and run the marketing teams. And and I was starting to do this because it felt like the availability of digital buying, digital media in particular, really lent itself better to a different type of business process, one that wasn't waterfall, which is what marketing is traditionally run in. And uh, as, over, as I've continued to my career, kind of moving then into the social space with Involver and now here to MindJet, I finally feel like I'm at a place where the tools that I've been looking for in order to help teams run in an agile capacity um, are available to us. And really companies like MindJet are at the forefront of developing that. So I find myself in a spot where, to your points, um, our marketing organization is able to run in an agile model, to work in an agile model, to work in an agile model with all of our partners and to do so better because we have tools like Mindjet that are available to us. So it's, a, you know, my professional career has find has found a, a really nice intersection between what I'm personally passionate about from a process perspective and a management perspective and what I'm doing professionally with the products that we're actually trying to sell. So it's, a, like, w- what you're talking about is very relevant. It's very relevant to marketers, and technology is finally catching up to support marketers, not just developers that run an agile.
1: And how do we, you know, how do we change the minds of, of companies that are, you know, uh, you know, I mentioned in the post that I did. You know, let's beat up the vendor. You know, these 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 um, you know these companies that literally they set a deadline, they set you know this, and then they try to squeeze every last ounce out of you. You know, and and I know so many agencies are working under that guise. You know that they're they're just being you know tortured to death to get to a finish line when there really isn't any finish line. You know, and what you're doing is just you're putting stuff out too early you're putting stuff out before you you know you prepare for measuring the results before you prepare for the results you know what what kind of advice do you have to uh, you know to agencies and marketers out there that have to explain this style
2: um, to their leadership well I, I think there's a so there's a, a cultural desire for better results and process to support that um, in most businesses right now. Uh, there's a lot of challenge in getting there. And I'll tell you that the first step, and this is what you and I worked on quite a bit at at Webtrends, is that you need to have transparency on the data that is actually showing the success and the failures of your business or the leading indicators of your business. And all the partners that you're working with have to be participatory in in the viewing of and interaction with that data. So that's above and beyond anything else, like even if you're starting to think about moving into a more agile model and, and figuring out different ways to work better with the partners that you have and the vendors that you have, the very first step is that you have to have a good handle on the data that you have um, inside your business. And then the second is that you have to be pretty comfortable with sharing that data out. Um, not pretty comfortable, but to be very comfortable with sharing that data out to all of the parties that are involved. Um, and that data sharing and transparency is, is the first step in ultimately having better relationships uh, because that's ultimately what we all align ourselves around. Right? Like I work hard. I work hard off of a list of things that are prioritized for me. Um, I prioritize that list based off of the data that I see that's showing results for my business. Exactly. And, and, and when you can empower your teams to to see that same data, I think some pretty magical things happen within the organization. Yeah, and
1: you, you're absolutely right. Let's let's take a break. I'm going to um, run a short ad. For our folks at Zoomerang uh, Zoomerang, which was bought out by SurveyMonkey, but um, they are still a sponsor and we're still working for both companies which is, <laughs> which Woohoo! is which is kind of exciting um, we we'll, we'll do a short ad forty seconds here and then we'll be right back with Yasha cake as well.
0: Have you ever wanted to survey your customers or employees but thought it was just going to take too much time or cost too much? Well, it doesn't have to. With Zoomerang Online Surveys and Polls, you can sign up for free and send an unlimited number of surveys and polls. It takes just minutes to create and send a professional-looking survey. Zoomerang makes it easy to get started with a newly updated user interface and over a 100 professional templates you can customize. It's easy, fast, and best of all, free. The data you get from surveys can be invaluable to help you make better business decisions and plan for the future. Get started today by signing up for a free account at zoomerang.com. That's some cool,
1: jazzy music right there, huh?
0: What?
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's the voice of Paul Poteet, So, uh, little surprise for you. And we don't have it. I was really hoping to have it today, but Yasha, we're actually doing a Mindjet ad with Paul. Uh, so you'll you'll hear one of those on the next radio show. Right on. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Parker's excited about it too. Parker is a uh, well. What's Parker's official title at Mindjet?
2: He's the director of global communications.
1: Yeah, and and Parker was really jazzed about it because he had done some college radio, I guess. So. Uh, so we're going back and forth with uh, with uh, Paul Potet, who's a local celebrity and good friend of the show, and he keeps popping these out for him. Um, but fun fun stuff. So you guys you guys will have a you'll hit the big time. You'll have a celebrity radio spot on the Marketing Tech Log Radio Show. I like it. <laughs> now that's uh, you know it's interesting that that was a Survey Monkey you know zoomerang ad. Are you guys doing anything from a, a, a polling and survey to you know, kind of pull um,
2: ad hoc data you know, into these processes? So we do, we actually, so we use SurveyMonkey as an organization and then we use a handful of different tools internally, kind of Marketo's of the world and the Eloqua's of the world um, and, and some of our own built out tools. Um, it's incredibly important both to have both to objective and subjective data in the process, um, especially as we're running an agile both in marketing and in and development side of the house. So we're a big proponent of using technology to to get that information for us. Fantastic.
1: Well, I like hearing that. <laughs> Make a plug for for SurveyMonkey right there with Mindjet.
2: That's a great product. Yeah,
1: yeah they're good. They're good, really good folks to work with too um and that's that's what i you know what i found over the years is almost more important than anything else
3: hey after this is marty uh you know being being in a uh in, in the place where you are where you know mindjet has been at the forefront of of collaboration uh t- tell me what it's like to be you know at mindjet now that the whole social arena is beginning to recognize that they need to focus as much internally and be and, and start using uh, social collaboration, if you will. Um, what's that looking like for Mindjet?
2: Well, it's, it's, so it's really exciting, and thanks, Marty, for, for asking the question. I think the, the space more broadly, the, the impact of the collaboration space more broadly with social networks, I would break down into a couple of different areas. The first is that the ability to interact with a profile, with a person inside of your business and outside of your business potentially, is becoming more and more uh, a reality, right? Like, I'm on Facebook my team works with each other on Facebook and the Facebook group, we also have our tools that we use internally. To start to connect those profiles together to take my, my Facebook ID or my Google ID and bring it into a platform like a, a Mindjet or some of the others that are out there is becoming increasingly more important. So the social is impacting the enterprise and the collaboration space by bringing actual uh, person information, profile information directly into the products. So that's the first big thing. Um, the second is the way that we uh, the way that we intercept and interact with information is being influenced really heavily by a lot of the larger social networks but but i think if we were being really honest with ourselves and, and i'll be honest on this uh, in this call uh you know, Facebook has really had the most significant impact on some of the interaction modules that businesses think about uh, and that they care about deploying because they're the ones that customers or that their, their people in their company are using outside of their business. So you think about the news feed concept that Facebook was really the, the company that introduced and its relationship into the enterprise, it's becoming more and more important. So, from a UI perspective, a lot of the product. In the collaboration space, are are borrowing from and building on top of the UI that a lot of the big social networks have built out. So those are those are really two ways that we see uh, an overlap between the world of social and the collaboration space: the, the identities of people and the ways that they're interacting with information. And quite frankly, it's such a huge departure from the way that we've interacted with information historically that it's uh, it's a pretty exciting time and a pretty green space. Yeah, it
1: sure is. Uh, I mean, these are these are new frontiers, definitely. Let' Let's take a left turn. Um, we were talking behind before the show and we were talking about uh, Facebook and Facebook advertising a bit. and um, you've seen what they're coming out with. I'd love to hear your two cents and then um, I'll throw in mine as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we were talking a bit about the FMC event, which was the, kind of the big Facebook conference that what, big exclusive Facebook conference that they were holding um, earlier in the week. that was really focused on some of the new things they were doing for marketers and advertisers. And something really struck me kind of sitting through the event and, and paying attention to the different speakers. It's that Facebook is being very serious about themselves as an ad network, right? I almost find them analogous to the Yahoo's of the world and the MSN's of the world. And while they probably wouldn't want that to be the pervasive message that gets out, they clearly have a unique value proposition. The reality is that they're introducing out lots and lots of inventory, new inventory, <laughs> that looks a lot, sounds a lot, and probably smells a lot like you've seen in the past. And one of their biggest ad units that they introduced was that they talked quite a bit about was a logout ad unit, right? Massive amounts of inventory, 37 million people a month log out of Facebook uh, to be able to show a a really large contextual advertisement. Um, It was funny because it brought back memories of the times that I spent at Yahoo in in the late 90s and the early aughts. We had big logout ads uh, as you logged out of Yahoo Mail and other Yahoo properties, and that inventory was interesting, excuse me, it was uh, large, you could do cool things with it, videos, uh, interactions, etc. Facebook's taking the same approach, but it's gone away um, over time, and it's gone away not necessarily because of bad performance, because the industry has basically said we're gonna bring you out of the space of logging out into a space of contextual content, so Facebook's kind of taken a, a, a play off of an old playbook and saying, hey, we're, we actually are a little bit like some of the old networks, so when you buy from us you've got more options and more options means potentially more money and, and higher CPMs across the board for us. So it's, I think Facebook's looking a lot more like the Yahoo's and the MSNs, uh, which is interesting to me, um, and not necessarily what I was expecting, but uh, definitely a clear message that's coming
1: across. I, I heard right around the corner, they're talking about some kind of new thing called banner ads.
2: Everything <laughs> old is new again, Doug. <laughs> They have, a, they have a really interesting challenge to deal with as well at a macro level. Right? They, they've really, I guess, pioneered the concept of the newsfeed and the interactions of stories inside of the news feed. So the, the stories concept at Facebook is that when content's created, that content can be promoted as an advertisement. Instead of calling it an advertisement, it's called a story. Um, when you use story for everything, here's a story that's in the newsfeed. here's a story that's on the right rail, here's a story that's somewhere else. We're all about creating more stories. Um, It starts to dilute the message a little bit, and it makes it potentially confusing for buyers. Um, I I felt like as they were introducing new ad units, they kept falling back to the stories concept, which is clearly unique to them, but to the point where it started to lose, um, honestly, started to lose some of its power.
1: Well, I think, you know, I mean, I've said it for for many, many years now that one of the problems with many of these systems is they start out as an incredible, you know, consumer-based system, and then they have to figure out how they're going to become a business system, and and you know I mean it's it's not it's not that they're, they're short sighted it's not that Facebook is doing anything wrong, they they set out to change the way that people communicated with one, one another on Earth, and they they won they absolutely did it, um, the problem is is that there really wasn't a business function you know built into that from its original planning and I and I still think you know people you know, boo and holler and everything else. I still think there's an incredible opportunity for someone to develop a platform that's business to consumer centric um, that has that built up front, you know, and, and people appreciate it. And, you know, I mean, early, you know, early group on and living social were uh, I think, you know, cheap, you know, kind of simple examples of that, you know, that they, they just went after a business to consumer relationship exploited the social aspects of it. And they, they, it worked, you know, it worked like a charm, but Facebook, you know, i I'm, my concern with it is that we've educated Facebook users that this is the place that they get personal information on their friends and family and pictures and, and they share and everything else. And and I think it's going to be a really long haul before they change the intent of a Facebook user to this is where I'm going to do research on my next product or purchase This is where I'm going to go find information on my latest problem. Uh, I think I think they've got a a steep steep you know uh,
2: hill up ahead of them. In some regards, I I agree with you. In others, I, I guess I push back a little bit. I don't know that they're. I mean, from an ad perspective, they clearly have to figure out more ways to keep people there to sell more ads, and that will drive the revenue, and that will drive their valuation and kind of all the semantics of the business. But they they operate a little bit like a spoken hub model. Um, What I think is unique to them that is ultimately what I feel like is their competitive advantage in the market, which is going to take a long time to displace, is that they have the largest list of actual people in the entire world uh, right. that are using their product and you know i mean that's really what's unique about them like it isn't the interactions that uh, solely the interactions that they enable through their ui uh, or even the connections between kind of uh, nouns and verbs that they've built out through their social graph it's really the fact that they have actual real identities um, and for the most part that's pretty defensible so that's a it, it like i think that a lot of other businesses are going to have trouble working Against them in the future, um, it'll be interesting to see how businesses interact with them moving forward, and if there becomes some sort of an enterprise play for them. But I, I'd be dubious about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's definitely still blurry, right?
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's that's clear as mud. Yeah, but you know, looking at it from a uh, from a timeline perspective, when I think about uh, when I when I think about Facebook and timelines for uh, for for individuals it somehow seems different than the, the notion of having a timeline for business um, because there, you know, for individuals there's this kind of a sense of a, of a curation effect going on which people find really interesting but I'm not really convinced yet that they've gotten that magic formula how to convert that, that curation effect, if you will, over to, you know, being able to promote more uh, ad consumption.
2: Yeah, I mean, well part of the beauty of their platform is that I, I think you're right first off, but part of the beauty of their platform is that they have such a strong ecosystem around them. Yeah. And yeah. that ecosystem is really driving a lot of that value that, that you're talking about. So they may not necessarily have to figure that out, assuming that the ecosystem that supports them, whether it be the Involvers, the Buddy Medias or the victories of the world, assuming they continue to do what they've been doing so well for such a long time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, and I, and I wouldn't, uh, you know, I hope nobody on the line thinks that I'm knocking like Facebook advertising. We've, we we run campaigns continuously with Facebook advertising for several of our clients, but, but the, uh, the intent and the style of advertising that we use isn't a, Hey, you got to buy this. You got to go get this. Um, like I'm looking at one right now that has a wad of cash, you know, that, uh, want to see a two minute video to, you know, scale your empire. I do. <laughs> you do. You do. <laughs> um, you know, I think those are the ones that just are terrible within Facebook. So we take them, more you know and, and you'll love this you uh you hired a great guy back at Webtrends, Justin Kistner and um, and he was just actually at our office the other day he stopped into Indianapolis and uh, you know Justin's advice has, has always been you know first attract them to your page and your brand and your people you know and then worry about you know uh, getting them to sell later so he, he absolutely doesn't run at you know Facebook advertising to get people back to the site He runs Facebook advertising to get people to their Facebook page. And then through constant communication and trust and and everything else, those people opt, you know, to then uh, go make a purchase or or anything. So I don't want to – we've had incredible success, especially the finite detail. As you said, Yasha, their list is incredible. You know, the fact that I can narrow it down to 215 you know, Apple employees, if I want to, uh, and get their attention is the Aura Brush story. Yeah, the the Aura Brush story. We had we had the guys from Aura Brush on Gacha, um, one of the funniest shows that we've had. And uh, but mm. Aura Brush wanted to sell their brush uh, at Walmart, so they they basically ran Facebook ads to all Walmart employees that their breath stank, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it worked. You know, they eventually um, they eventually started selling in the store, and and now they've you know
2: they've just taken off. I mean, Facebook's an essential part of our media mix. I think it's it's incredibly important. And Justin's a very smart guy, and and he's completely spot on. You you have to understand what you're trying to accomplish with the media that's available in their network. And, and those that don't quite know what to do yet, or are still trying to learn, they're probably going to fail a lot at the beginning, and that's probably okay. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Well, the good thing is you don't have to spend a ton of money on Facebook ads either. You know, you can get down to that finite detail where you can set a small budget and see how it works. So it's an awesome testing
3: environment as well.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: You guys got any questions?
3: Uh, This is Marty again, Uh, Yasha. I I know that uh, Mindjet and you and your team are are, are very – Social and collaborative with your audience, customers, the marketplace, the world at large. Uh, you know, you have uh, active uh, blogs. Um, you're using social channels to communicate with your customers, and 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 it's working really well. T- tell us a little more about what that mix looks like at Mindjet, and you know, give us give us some insights into what works well and what you know what could be improved.
2: Yeah, I think both of you have made some mentions of this. There's, so there's a history of, of MindJets, um, kind of being known for what we've been able to do with companies, with individuals in the past, which has really helped them create a plan to kind of build the, the idea, even to do the ideation itself. And as we're moving into this new space, as we connect kind of planning into action, um, it's super important for us to start to grow our awareness in, in other categories. Um, our primary approach into all channels that are social is really first focused on the development of content. Um, so for us as an organization, we've actually built out a really strong publishing team that is comprised of experts um, in the reporting space, experts in the collaboration space, um, and a lot of, frankly, a lot of writers that we brought into the team. Um, from there, we start to take our content in a handful of different categories and share that out into appropriate channels. And then we have a different cadence for interaction in each one of those channels. Um, so for us, our first and biggest investment is going to be in our blog and in the quality of kind of mid to log form content. And then we're taking that and we're using it kind of as we feel like is appropriate in each of the different channels, primarily where we're seeing success is in the world of Facebook and to an extent Twitter. Um, and we've also begun investing pretty heavily in an open, kind of more social community uh, built on the Get Satisfaction platform.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and I I would absolutely say to everybody since, we're, since we mentioned it, um, Mindjet's uh, blog is Conspire. It's C-O-N-S-P-I dot R-E. Or you can go to Mindjet.com and just click on blog and you'll get there as well. And and I think the, the fantastic thing about it is if you go to Conspire, you'll never actually, well, you probably won't even realize that Mindjet is a software company. You'll just find that it's absolutely incredible information on you know, collaboration, visualization, agile business practices, uh, trends, tools—you know everything else. Um, so, so put it on your list of of, of places to read. It's definitely um, you know looking to the future and and how to Im- improve uh, productivity, communication, ideation uh, within your industry.
2: Well, I completely appreciate you giving us the, the plug. Uh, yeah, we you know we like the space. We like the space because it actually has a really really nice relationship to our business. But we also think that it's important information to get out there. So it's uh, it's nice to be in that space where you can make investments in content that you feel like is valuable, not just for the promotion of your company, but ultimately for the betterment of people that are interested in finding it and reading it. Um, it's uh, we just happen to be in a really wonderful space where we can do that. Hi Josh. this is Doug Thies with Lifeline Data Centers. Uh, I'm interested in any offbeat or compelling uses of Mind Manager or the other products. Anything that's really uh, intrigued you on how folks are using your tools? You know, th- some of the stories that I've been introduced to since I joined here a little bit under five months ago are absolutely amazing. Um, the team at Con Edison, which is a, a, an organization in New York actually used MindManager and the MindJet platform to create and execute against the plan to redevelop um, the south part of Manhattan um, after 9-11. And in fact, the the actual map that the team built from Con Edison was just introduced into MoMA about four months ago, or three and a half months ago. Uh, So there's really, really, really amazing stories like that, like Con Edison using MindManager as the primary platform to help build the planning process for rebuilding Manhattan. Um, you know, to you see teams. Uh, we've got a couple of really fantastic companies that we work with that use our product to organize their entire companies globally. We've got, mm-hmm. um, you know, and what I mean by that is that the CEO sets the goals for the company, pushes those goals down to the lieutenants, and then the lieutenants use the Mindjet platform to actually introduce goals and measurement across to each of their individual teams. So it's so a really a varying use a varying set of uses, but I think the, uh, the con ads and stories were absolutely one of my favorites.
1: Any, uh, any mind map comedians out
2: there yet? You know, there probably are. You you get uh, Tony by and the folks that really created some of the, the big, uh, kind of networks of people that train people how to mind map. Um, before some of the software is available um, and there's some pretty interesting and funny characters in that space. A lot of really smart people that know mind mapping as a practice. Uh, so there's a, a really great community that you can spend your time with. There's one in particular that I really like called Bigger Plate. Um, it's biggerplate.com and, and they're in the UK. Uh, but they're a, a wonderful resource for people that are interested in mind mapping and how it can be used in the business. Um, inside of... Um, our platform as well, we actually have a series of user-generated maps that can start people into different processes. So everything from organizational charts to uh, SWOT analysis to team planning to uh, you name it. A lot of those maps are available to get teams started uh, before they even need to move into the action space. So there's a, there's a lot that's available for you.
1: And you guys are cross-OS and, uh, and cross-device.
2: We are. So we operate in a lot of different places, um, which is cool. So depending upon if you're a company that's comfortable in the public cloud, you can use our product in public cloud. If you have a large SharePoint instance and um, you only keep your data on-premises, you can use uh, our platform on-premises on top of SharePoint. We've got mobile devices on every single uh, uh, OS that's out there in the mobile world, and and we have a a very large Mac following and a Windows following uh, for our our core MyManager product.
1: You did some pretty cool, uh, cool stuff. If if you have an iPhone, I would recommend downloading the iPhone app, just because you guys really uh, went out of your way to, I think, break the paradigms of navigation, <laughs> and 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 that's a compliment. I mean, you utilize the iPhone's you know inherent touch capabilities and stuff really to 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 build
2: out the app, which is really cool. That's fantastic. Well, I'll definitely shout out with the team i'm a big user of our products uh, i use our ipad app all of the time and uh, it's super super helpful for me uh, and to be able to create plans kind of on my ipad uh, to read them on my iphone to push them into the clouds uh, and interact with my team is, is ultimately a scenario that uh, i'm able to live every day which is pretty cool so it's not a a future product it's what's available right now
1: fantastic <laughs> let's take one more break this is from Delivera, a sponsor of ours they're a uh email marketing firm with uh, just incredible um, person-to-person support uh, we will we'll do this and then when we get back Harry Howe, great, great friend of the show, has a question for you as well.
0: Delivera has been providing email software and professional services for more than 13 years. Delivera helps businesses and organizations execute effective email marketing campaigns by providing dynamic software and professional services from full-out consulting engagements to help when you need it in areas such as design, production, deliverability, and testing. Voted one of the 2011 best places to work in Indiana and one of Inc. 5000's fastest-growing companies. Delivera partners with businesses and organizations across all industries and verticals and truly opens its doors each and every day to put the customer first. To learn more about Delivera, visit www.delivera.com or call 866-915-9465. Tell them you heard about Delivera from the Marketing Technology Blog. Good guys over there. So, Harry, how?
2: Hi, Yasha. Uh, if you could look into your crystal ball and go out about three years how would you imagine that your platform and and all of the dynamics that take place there? How will that look in your in your mind a couple of years out? Well, I think the the key for us um, in the future is really making the user experience completely relevant no matter what device that you're on. Um, You know, there's a. This is actually, I think, a a bigger challenge for the industry, but it's one that we're definitely aware of. It's that we've all, as software developers, created products that are really optimized um, for a specific OS or a specific kind of device. And sometimes, when we try and take advantage of all of the features that are available on that OS or on that device, um, some of the threads that need to have a relationship to your product or your platform um, start to break down when you go from device to device. So when I look out a few years in the future for Mindjet, I really see a scenario where I'm getting all of the right and correct contextual information about the way that my team is executing against the things that we're working on, no matter what device I'm on, no matter where I am, um, whether I'm on my desktop, connected to the internet, or on the phone at an airport using 3G or 4G or whatever it is, 5- 6G, three years from now. Um, that's really how th- the way that I would characterize it. It's about making sure that the threads of the user experience work together in a way that delights and is almost magic. So that, that's an interesting answer. Mm-hmm. I was kind of anticipating that you would say something perhaps about, um, you
0: know, the software tools themselves, but uh, in fact, it's more about how the user, giving them more flexibility
2: to use it more effectively wherever they are and in and, and different uh, contexts. Uh, uh, that's a neat answer. That's got me thinking. Thanks.
1: All right. Hey, hey, Yasha, have you seen uh, have you seen the iPhone app called Clear,
2: C-L-E-A-R? I have. I have it on my phone right now.
1: Man, you, you guys need to steal those guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Interesting. Um, I don't necessarily know that we need to steal them. I'll tell you that there's there's a couple aspects of their product that I found to be really exciting. The first is that... A, a company that was really focused on just the user experience, I mean, the functionality is fairly standard, right. but really focused on the user experience, had such a, a visceral and exciting response in the tech community. Uh, that was. It's really cool to see, right? It's this idea that focusing it on design, whether or not it's the most effective or not, but really showing off a unique design um, is a way that will drive interest. Yeah, they... Uh, it kind of lends credence to that idea. The, the product itself, it's it's very cute.
1: Like, yeah, the, you're exactly right. And if if you have an iPhone, uh, I think it's like a buck ninety nine or something. But it's uh, C L E A R. They 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 sold three hundred fifty thousand copies uh, since the launch on the fourteenth of February.
0: <laughs> that shows you the to do list space is still <laughs> wide open. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I I downloaded a procrastinator's list,
2: but I never used it.
1: <laughs> Didn't well, get around to it tomorrow, right? Yeah.
2: You know, I'll, I'll joke aside. Like, this is a very real scenario, and this is this is in large part one of the bigger challenges in in the space of either doing things, kind of the task management space, or, or kind of we'll talk about the planning space as well. It's that a list of stuff without context, like what its relationship is to everything else. It's just a list of stuff. Like, am I motivated by a a thing that I write down and stick on a sticky paper? I'm really not. But do I get excited when I see that something that that I'm working on has a relationship to a broader project or something that's really important for me personally or... You know, that's the connection, right? we there's a lot of new companies entering into the space of doing stuff, like getting things done. Do we need more noise, kinda of more chatter in the network inside of our business? We probably don't. What we need to do is take all of the discussions that are happening, the things that are being bounced around kind of at the the, the enterprise social network slash, you know, water cooler and actually turn them into plans into action. Um, and and that's where I think the space has really fallen short, and that's why we get so excited about it. And I personally get so excited about it here. It's that the missing link, in in our opinion, in my opinion, is really connecting kind of vision into action, or the the task list into the plan, yeah, and vice yeah. versa. It's a it's very real. I know that we took we kind of came at this from a a little bit joking angle, but it's a I think it is fundamentally where the the break in the space has been.
1: No, you're you're absolutely that's right. It was actually you know I mean when we when we were talking back at Web Trends, you know I was. I was a, a a huge proponent of you know these are great reporting engines but where's the answer engine you know where where's the actionable advice for me to actually do something with with the information and and i think marketers especially nowadays are drowned in um they're just drowned in data and and so you know if some big chunk of data flies into their face through you know an email or a social share or whatever they all of a sudden lose all you know, they, 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 they lose all focus and jump on that. And then they jump on the next one and jump on the next one. And what winds up happening is they, they you know, they're bouncing all over the place and never doing the groundwork. Um, and, you know, I mean, uh, I think, you know, after a couple of years with web trends, that was it, right? You replaced the, the framework first, you know, and then started to fill it in after that. Um, and, and that's what a marketer needs to be, focused on so I agree with you I think I think having having a system that not only tells you you know where your status is but also shares with you how to prioritize and where to prioritize and what to do next that's that's the critical component nowadays
2: yeah absolutely absolutely it's all about the context yep
1: yep well yasha this is this has been an incredible conversation um i I want people to uh, they can go to mindjet and download it right
2: Absolutely. You can, yeah, so there's a couple different ways you can interact with us. Uh, the cloud platform, the one that you can use to, to take kind of full vision, kind of planning all the way into actions available on our website, there's actually a, a freemium offering for it. So it's some of less features in it, not as many people that you can add to it, but you can sign up for free. It takes like 20 seconds to sign up, and all you have to do is go to mindjet.com. Um, it's actually available in multiple languages. So you, if you're in... Uh, France or the UK or Japan or Germany or Australia, you can get all of your local language um, for our product, which is pretty cool as well. It's uh, pretty unique to us having such a big global footprint.
1: And uh, on Twitter, of course, Mindjet, and then uh, and then your Twitter address.
2: Uh, at Mindjet, uh, at Kakis, K A Y K A S is me. Um, the blog for Mindjet is as you mentioned, Conspire, C O N S ei dot re um, or just blog.mindjet.com. either one will get you there um, and then uh, uh, we're available on facebook as well so facebook.com slash mindjet google plus google plus also although it's like google dot com slash point four three two six six five seven <laughs> just or something like that
1: just just search for Mindjet
2: on google <laughs> exactly. back to a circle uh, exactly. We're we're really active on our Get Satisfaction community, so com slash MindJets. Pretty much anywhere that you are, we'll find a way to find you.
3: And how was it to have uh, uh, Robert Scoble there uh, at uh, MindJet HQ? Oh, We
2: love Robert. Um, Robert's actually an avid user of MindJet, has been historically, and uh-huh. it's fun to give him updates for it. He was uh, really excited as we were starting to introduce him to some of the things that we're doing that – since meeting with him, we've actually brought to bear So a lot of the integration between um, the product and company that we purchased, Cohuman, and our uh, Connect product are available in the market right now. So when you sign up for um, for Connect on our website, you actually get both at the same time.
1: I, I, you know, it's funny we went we went to lunch with Robert when he was out out here in uh, in Bloomington, and and it seems like the as each year goes by, he turns more into more and more into like the New York Times journalist, where he's it's awesome. He just has no
2: uh, no patience for bullshit. No, he doesn't. <laughs> the other thing that's funny too, it's just the. It's hard to have people. like – He makes the videos look kind of better than. Poor production quality, but not super high production quality. He's always got this camera, but the this the the experience with him is always very funny. And this is kind of more less me and more about Scott, who's our CEO, that was interviewed by him. But basically, we showed up. We had a little bit of small talk. We were just caught up on a different thing, couple different things, and then he pulled his camera out, literally put it like four inches from Scott's face, and was like, "Okay, start talking." And we're all, all of us are like, oh, is that abrupt? Is that... <laughs> no. but he's, a, he's a really great, uh, really nice person, generally, a yeah. genuinely nice person. And uh, I think he, he obviously has built quite a bit of following for himself, too.
1: Well, and it's, it's great to see a, a guy that is just, you know, curious and really wants to inform the public and wants to get down to the nitty-gritty uh, instead of, you know, uh, putting puffery and, you know, everything else in, into all of his writing. He just tells it like it is. I, I really like
3: him. And uh, where, where's the best place to find out more about um, what what this integrated product with Cohuman will look like on an ongoing basis as you get more feedback from your uh, from your customers and, and things like that?
2: Well, there's um you know there, there's a lot of really cool things that can happen with kind of the with, we now call it part of Connect Connect Action. Um, but I'll tell you that some of the core systems that are in it, the kind of the identity systems, are the actual individual that lives there. And uh, we, we have a, a, a feature that's called emergent prioritization, which basically takes the uh, almost game theory and identifies the ways that different people on your team and, and in your networks of connections interact with different projects and specific tasks and automatically bubbles things up. Like the continued refinement of that from a UI perspective and from a feature perspective, I think is super exciting um, and, and I think broadcasts directionally some of the cool things that we'll be able to do.
3: Nice. When you mentioned game theory, I immediately thought of uh, Michael Wu over at uh, Lithium.
2: Yeah, there's those guys, um, the, uh, the folks at um, uh, Batchville, I think are a really cool team to work with as well. I know a lot of the folks there. Um, uh-huh. There's a lot of really great constructs of game theory that have a relationship in the enterprise, um, it, as long as it's appropriately interfaced, right? Uh, think about it, industries outside of ours that are using it. There's a company called K E A S, that a friend of mine's the CMO for, uh, they basically have a uh, a game that you drop inside of your business that's really focused on kind of employee engagement and healthful benefits so like you can have interactions with different team members on you know workout competitions and and what what they're seeing is that this really basic game theory is actually making people and businesses healthier so if you can see it as clear as somebody losing weight or being healthier, uh, and find its way into being more effective with task management and, and project management, uh, I mean, there's, there's definitely a strong future in game theory inside of the business.
1: Something I need to get a hold of. <laughs> well, Yasha, I can't thank you enough for your time. I know you're a busy guy, and um, and and I can't I can't wait to see you again. Are, are we going to have a, a mind mapping uh, conference anytime soon?
2: You know, I don't know that we would have a mind mapping conference, but I think the, the idea of really being able to connect the planning parts of your business into the action side of your business is something that uh, we'll start to play on a lot more. And, and if we can find ways to have some big public events, virtual or, or physical, uh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: and, and if, anybody, if anybody ever wants to go to a world-class event, Yasha knows how to put, put the team together that makes that happen.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Yeah. Thank, thank, thanks again for your time, Yasha. And everybody again, that's mindjet.com, the blog conspire, C-O-N-S-P-I dot R-E, or just go to blog.mindjet.com. Follow uh, follow Yasha on Twitter, K A Y K A S or just search for his name. You can't. You, 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 uh, <laughs> And uh, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk to you probably Monday or Tuesday. So
2: Awesome. Thank you sir. Have a great week, you guys, thanks a lot for your time. I appreciate it. <laughs> you bet. Thanks, Mike.
0: Connect with us anytime at marketingtechblog.com and from there follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tech Blog.